Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben. Welcome to episode 191 of the podcast for January 14th, 2014. My guest today is Mike Orzen. We're going to be talking about Lean IT. Mike is, of course, co-author of uh, the Shingo award-winning book, Lean IT, Enabling and Sustaining Your Lean Transformation. He is also, uh, like me, a faculty member at the Lean Enterprise Institute. And uh, like me, well, we have a lot in common. He is also collaborating with um, the good folks at the Theta Care Center for Healthcare Value. He's doing a new workshop called Leveraging Information, People, and Systems in Healthcare. And it's going to be held in Phoenix, um, January 28th and 29th. If you want to learn more and find links um, to that website, Mike's book, Mike's website, um, some other stuff, go to leanblog.org slash 191. And you can find all the past podcasts at leanpodcast.org or an even shorter URL if you want to go to just leancast.org. Um, you'll find all past episodes. Um, if you like what you hear, I hope you subscribe. You can go uh, to the iTunes store and you can search for Lean Blog. You can go to leancast.org and you'll find quick links um, to sign up through iTunes and uh, lots of different methods. So as always, thanks for listening. Well, Mike, hey, it's great to talk to you again. And uh, thanks for being a guest on the podcast today. Thank you, Mark. So let's start off. Um, you, you've written, you're a co-author of uh, a widely you know, well-regarded book called Lean IT. Um, what's your definition, just to jump right into that topic about Lean IT? How, how do you define that? Well, I'd say that uh, Lean IT is taking the, the core principles of lean and operational excellence and applying them to information and how we deliver that information. That's basically Lean IT. And so what, what are some of the differences? I and mean, we talk about, so if you're talking about developing, de delivering information, there's probably flow and maybe there's a value stream and maybe you can, you can touch on this. But what are some of the key ways? I mean, it's, it's a different setting, of course, than manufacturing or, or healthcare. Um, what, what, what are some of the key differences? Well, some of the differences that can also be challenges uh, when uh, organizations are just starting off is the fact that uh, you're working in an area, when you think of information, you're dealing with, with knowledge, you're, you're dealing with intangibles. So many of the, the paradigms and models of lean, such as flow or such as standardized work, uh, don't necessarily translate, at least intuitively, uh, in, the, in the IT world. Uh, a lot of, of uh, brilliant people go into IT, but they really live in a different universe. So many of the, uh, the examples and the models that we see in Lean uh, just don't seem to get much traction with the IT group. What in particular, what, what are some of those ideas that don't translate well or translate easily? Can you give an example of that? Well, sure. Uh, you know, you can, if you, if you talk about uh, waste in a process and you look at the seven or eight wastes of lean that are classically defined, uh, a, a lot of people say inventory would be a good example. Uh, you might talk about inventory, and uh, IT professional kind of looks at that and says, so what is, 
what is really inventory in MySpace? Is it is it lines of code? Is it tickets that I need to do? Uh, and and is inventory necessarily a bad thing if I'm writing code to enable a piece of software? Uh, how is having more inventory worse than having uh, less inventory? So sometimes the the concepts don't really translate uh, uh, clearly or as purely. Mm-hmm. Really, what I like to do is uh, take those pieces of lean that I think are most applicable and most valuable uh, to IT and to information and use those. And really what it comes down to, in, in my opinion, lean is more about methodical problem solving than anything else. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're doing. We're, we're sharing, teaching, and coaching people to solve problems more effectively. And you would think that uh, people in IT uh, would be great problem solvers, and they are in a certain space. And that space is in a technical component space, in a network space, in their particular silo of expertise, uh, they've spent their whole career uh, solving uh, technical uh, challenges. However, when we move to lean thinking, of course, we're talking about systemic thinking. And I think there's a little bit of a paradox here because I used to believe that, well, the IT people have got to be systems thinkers. They're working on systems all day. But it turns out that for a lot of IT professionals, systemic thinking is actually a new concept because they've had their heads deep down in the detail of their particular IT expertise. Right. So when you say it's time to look up and think of the interrelationship of work systems with technology systems and how they interact and uh, the complexity of that, for a lot of people, that kind of blows their mind. That's that's an, a new way of looking at things. And it's also not very comfortable because it pushes them out of their comfort zone and their their uh, area of specialization. Well, I mean, everything you described there, I think, could have been uh, a discussion about um, specialists and clinicians in a healthcare setting, if you just kind of yeah. copied and pasted a few words. Because you think, well, obviously, there's lots of very smart people working in healthcare, yes. experts in increasingly narrow niches and they might they're they're great scientists or problem solvers when it might come down to uh, a person a patient's sickness but translating that to solving organizational problems i think like you said it 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 takes them out of their comfort zone sometimes right yes yeah very much so and you know it's interesting mark that you you point that out uh when i'm talking to different organizations about lean it uh i'd say the most common response is well, wait a second, these concepts apply to our product development group as well. These concepts apply to any professional group uh, that has a specialization, an area of focus. Uh, it, the only thing that really makes it Lean IT is using examples of uh, the application of Kaizen in an IT space. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're actually making an, an, uh, a cycle of improvement uh, to the service desk, to the uh, network deployment team, 
to the uh, cybersecurity group and their processes. But besides that, if you look at it, you could say, no, wait a second. This is basically the same approach that we would use in a hospital or in a factory or in a bank. When you talk about the boundaries of lean IT, I mean, there's a lot of focus on software development methods, whether it's agile, um, but uh, or, you know, Scrum or other practices related to yes. writing new code. But lean IT has got a broader definition than that, including the IT operations of uh, a hospital system or of a large manufacturing company. Yeah. Can, can you talk about that, those boundaries a little bit? Sure. Yeah, very much so. So, you know, there's I'm there's nothing wrong with agile. I think agile has served a great purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I wasn't saying there's anything wrong with it either. No, no. Well, I guess I'm prefacing my comment because I don't mean to come across as negative regarding Agile. But uh, the benefits that Agile brought to the the table, and that was to introduce uh, a, a structured methodology where more importantly than anything else perhaps, IT got to a place at the table with the business on a regular cadence, be that every four weeks or every two weeks, whatever the sprint was, they'd sit down with the product owner, they'd use their storyboards, and it certainly created much more of a link and and a communication between IT and the business. And I think that's been very good. Mm-hmm. The the downside of Agile, if it if it if we don't step far enough away, is uh, that it can actually detract from what I would describe as the boundaries of lean IT. So lean IT is, think of the life cycle of information. So the life cycle of information is from concept to solution. It's from first contact with the customer, be it an inquiry or an order or a any kind of contact, to uh, the entire life cycle of fulfilling the the customer's needs, maybe follow-up with the patient, uh, who knows what it could be. So that that life cycle is much, much broader than the the narrow focus of Agile. Agile is all about the the efficient, well-aligned creation of code Mm -hmm. to deliver functionality, and that's all good. But as you point out, it's much broader than that. So... Really, if you think of IT in, in somewhat of a simplistic way, if you look at it in two pieces, you've got the build side of the, the IT equation and you've got the run side. So the build side is obviously uh, writing code, but building the infrastructure out. The run side is making things go on a daily basis and maintaining break, fix, enhancements, patches, uh, uh, revs, that kind of thing. Right. And often when organizations focus exclusively on Agile, they actually end up neglecting the run side of the business. And uh, there's a whole, it's not really a new movement, but there's a, a movement trying to coordinate those two pieces so they become seamless, and that's the, uh, called DevOps. So the DevOps group Really, what they're trying to do is say there should not be, and there in 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 actuality is no uh, separation between 
the people that are building the functionality and the people that are maintaining and are delivering it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that reminds me of, you know, back in the manufacturing space of um, integrated uh, product and process design, that, that product development can't just create what they think is an amazing product and chuck it over yeah. the wall to the factory <laughs> to say, well, we don't care if you can actually build this or not. But exactly. you know, of integrating that handoff and, and having it be more collaborative, what you described really reminds me of that. And, you know, the best example uh, that I heard of that was to ask the developers who are, quote, tossing the, the, the code over the wall, have them wear the pager for the first <laughs> month after go live. Have them get the call at 2 a.m. in the morning. So uh, because obviously if I'm a developer, I'm most interested in starting my next project, not hanging around and seeing how my current release is doing. Yeah. That's, you know, we'll let, we'll let the, the run people deal with that. Well, there was another interface um, that Rich Sheridan talked about. So he was my guest in Podcast 189 um, for Menlo Innovations in Ann Arbor. Oh, yeah, yeah I've, I've met Rich. Great guy. Yeah, and so in his book, Joy, Inc., he talked about reducing, I guess, the, you know, the inventory, reducing the time. So maybe here's an example of inventory code that's been written, that's sitting and waiting for QA. Yes. That by having those cycles and by better integrating QA people and, and breaking down some of those silos that they, they get faster testing and, and better product. And he said that, you know, they don't have the pagers going off all the time when, once they've gotten product released. Yeah, and you know that's a great example. What I like in in uh, when I'm talking about lean IT in my workshops, I like to talk about partially done work. So anytime, whether it's code or the investigation of a problem or standing up a, a piece of equipment, anytime we stop doing work, we obviously stop the flow of value. We put it down, we thrash, and we go to another topic. And then we pick it up and we say, where was I? So this introduced incredible amounts of rework. Yeah. And I believe that is uh, the biggest challenge in most IT groups. They are, it's, it's a little bit like they're on a beach getting smashed by a wave. Mm -hmm. And when the water starts to clear, they stick their head up like, oh, good, I'm, I'm okay now. I can get my bearings. And just as they're getting their bearings, they get smashed with another <laughs> wave. Yeah. And that that wave in IT is what we call break fix. So what broke today? And it's the challenge is how do I prioritize the things I should be doing mm -hmm. to the things that I must be doing when uh, our ERP system has gone down? So our, our, our EPIC system is not running in the hospital or you know, uh, patient check-in is not functioning properly. You can't really say to the business, well, we'll look at that tomorrow. We're kind of busy today working on the things we should be working on. We're improving our process. It's very difficult. So uh, it's, it's, you know, I think the, the urgency of IT and the visibility of IT, it makes it particularly challenging. Mm -hmm. But this is where lean actually helps uh, and, and, and comes to the rescue. Because obviously, in, in all lean thinkers, 
we realize that if we're not improving the core process, then what's happening? Well, we're going to have more unplanned work, more break fix, and it's not going to magically heal itself or get better. And uh, in, in many organizations, if you look, they're spending less than 5% of their time on process improvement. Mm. They're not, you know, so they are so far away from, from daily Kaizen, uh, it's not even funny. And if, if you don't put your foot down and say, look, we've got to turn the corner here. It's only going to get worse. The pace of change in technology and the rate of demand from the user community in terms of functionality are both accelerating, you know, at completely out of control. And IT groups that just kind of ignore this and say, well, it is what it is. We're just going to keep working as hard as we can, and maybe we'll put in some overtime and work the weekends. That's not going to get it done. And unfortunately, I see it a lot, and people just get burned out, mm-hmm. uh, and you know they pay a, a, a major price, just not just professionally, but also uh, physically. It's not good yeah. for them. Yeah. Well, and you know that that five percent number in a lot of healthcare organizations that would that would be a high percentage of time spent on um, kaizen and continuous improvement. And and I would say, you know say amen to what you were saying about. You know, sometimes you just need to, and then some of the organizations I'm working with are doing this. They put their foot down and say, "Okay, this, like you said, it's going to get worse unless we uh, intentionally create some time." And it's not easy, but we can figure out how. We'll make time. Yes. We'll, we'll start making things better. Um, so I'm curious. I, I wanted to touch on this. I'm glad you came back to talking about Kaizen. I'm sure you know people in IT might want to focus on, you know, the the new stuff, the innovation. Um, what are some examples of, of Kaizen and continuous improvement, um, like, you know, small Kaizen uh, in, in an IT environment that you can think of? Well, there's a few that I like to do. One of, the, one of my favorites uh, to introduce the IT group to Kaizen is uh, to look at the onboarding process. So when we bring in a new employee, be it a contractor or a, uh, a full-time employee, Obviously, IT has a lot of prep to do, and I think most people have gone through the experience of showing up for their first day of work, and there's no laptop available, or the laptop's here, but the software isn't installed, or the software's installed, but you have no permissions, or you have permissions, but they haven't set up the appropriate profiles for you to get your work done, and I would hazard to guess that millions and millions of dollars are wasted every year because new employees sit on the bench for what can be up to a month. Mm-hmm. And this happened to me years ago, and I remember they, they showed me to a, my cube, and they threw me in an employee manual. And there I was, you know, looking at this dry manual for a couple of weeks yeah. and taking a lot of coffee breaks and just looking for some people who wanted to shoot the breeze. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I certainly wasn't adding any value, but I was on the payroll. And when I tell that story, a lot of people say, oh, I've got a better one than uh-huh. that. Yeah. Well, it seems like a really common thing. Rich Sheridan, again, back to him in his book, he talks about how that that's so common and they, they've really worked hard to... 
um, not have people get demoralized and bored and second guessing themselves, you know, when they've sure. taken this new job and they're excited about it and the organization's not ready for them. You know, like there is there's some poor flow, I guess, if you're looking at that hiring and onboarding yeah. process as a oh, value yeah. stream. And you know what's great about that one is IT, when you're doing it uh, uh, effectively, you pull in the other uh, key players in the value stream. So typically facilities is represented in the team, HR is represented in the team, and uh, one or two hiring managers that have a lot of the volume of hiring, they're represented on the team as well. So you introduce people to the power of a cross-functional team, mm -hmm. uh, they, they learn A3 thinking and value stream mapping, it's a, it's a great one, and everybody benefits uh, from the improvements and you know it's it's tangible it's easy to see uh, it's not that tough but for IT groups that are that kind of get the, and you can start there uh, but when they when they say that's nice but we've got some things that are are more uh, in our own backyard that we need to deal with often IT groups struggle with uh, resource planning so they've got project work, they've got break-fix work, they've got emergencies, and uh, the, the challenge of having the right person available to do the job when the job needs to be done is enormous. Mm -hmm. And when the team comes in and we look at current state, what we typically find is there is no standard way to get work into the pipeline in IT. We've got everything from a ticketing system that looks very official and formal to post-it notes to patting somebody on the back in the hallway and saying, can you do me a favor, to the vice president picking up the phone and saying, drop everything and get this done. So without uh, kind of a, a, a structured way to to uh, make your promises as an IT group and to uh, assign resources appropriately, you're just setting yourself up to disappoint a lot of people and to frustrate your people. So that's a great one. So we're, we're going to talk about um, your, your workshop um, and uh, information people, leveraging information people and systems in, in healthcare. But um, maybe as a way of transitioning into that, kind of stepping back a little bit, about because uh, we've got a lot of people in the audience from healthcare. How how is lean applied to IT um, impacting healthcare in in positive ways? What are some of the things that you see organizations working on that are really noteworthy or interesting? Well, you know the the interesting thing about technology, and I think all your listeners experience this every day. When technology works, it is a wonderful thing, and when it doesn't work, it's perhaps the most frustrating. Thing in our society. It's the most frustrating experience that we have in today's world. And we become very accustomed to technology that works. So our, our cell phone works 99.9% .9 of the time. We don't have issues. So when we come into work and we need information to do our job and we need the information to be accurate and easily accessible and easy to understand, and it doesn't, it has a huge impact on our job. Mm -hmm. So in healthcare, of course, we want uh, visibility of the patient, where they are in the process, in the care process, in their life cycle as a, as a patient slash customer. And uh, 
the, the introduction of electronic medical records, I think, has been uh, a blessing and a curse for those organizations that have implemented it around the work processes that it supports they can report uh, some real success with with EMR. Mm -hmm. Others that have really led with the technology, not with the underlying work process, have uh, had budget overruns, lots of frustration, and the technology, they, they feel like they're a slave to the technology mm -hmm. instead of the technology being a servant right. to the, the work that they have to do. And I see it, you know, it's interesting, Mark, because the healthcare community is experiencing this and has been for, I would say, the past 10 years, uh, particularly, maybe past five years, particularly with, uh, with the changes in, in, in law. But this lesson has been a lesson that has not been learned in the manufacturing world for about 40 years. Mm -hmm. And this is the lesson is leading with technology is always a mistake, always a mistake. Yeah. We lead with understanding our business process, improving that process, and then configuring the technology to support the business process. Right. And many businesses don't want to hear that. They, uh, many hospitals don't want to hear that. They say, we don't have the time to understand, let alone improve our business processes. We will buy a package that it is, comes equipped with what they call best practices. And those best practices are a myth because you might say, no, they're not a myth. I mean, there is the right way to uh, to write a prescription or to to process a lab order. Uh, however, there's, there may be a right way or a generic way to do it, but I al can almost guarantee you it's not exactly in alignment with what your people are doing today. Well, that was the exact same pipe dream of uh, ERP in the mid-90s in manufacturing. Exactly. The exact it's, the same, it's the same thing. You know, they say life keeps teaching you the <laughs> same lesson until you learn it. And, and I, I believe we still haven't learned it. And now there's, I think, a few organizations uh, that that have learned it and realized that, you know, in 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 my book, I like to use the mantra, people, process, technology, in that order. Yeah. So first, we we obviously uh, engage and enable our people to uh, to understand and improve processes and basically to see the flow of value to know when it's broken, and to have the capability to fix it when the flow is broken. That's, that's what we want in a great organization. And uh, once the people have that, they're in a position to successfully understand and improve their work processes. Then and only then should we be asking ourselves, what do we need to do with the technology. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, most organizations say, we don't have that kind of time, we don't have that kind of patience. So back the bus up, let's bring in a, a you know, a $500 million uh, uh, monolithic piece of software, smack it in here, and then we can, I was at one company and the CEO said, the sooner we go live, the sooner we can begin the healing process. <laughs> 
and I love the term, and I respect mm. I respect this person very much. However, the healing process was a long, painful, mm. painful recovery because it it was it was like they did a forced open heart transplant without preparing the patient or checking for compatibility. Mm. So there was a uh, just the amount of of resistance and misalignment between the technology and the configuration and the way people actually did their daily jobs was so high that uh, the operation was was kind of rejected by by the by the host, and that can be very painful and very expensive. Right. So imagine that, you know that, that's one of the topics that'll be in in your workshop, and it's coming up. Uh, in a couple of weeks in, in Phoenix, in January 28th and 29th, uh, people can go to uh, createvalue.org and, and find it. I'll also post a link uh, to the workshop in um, the, the blog post for, for this episode. But, Mike, tell us a little bit about you know, who the, the workshop is, um, who, who the attendees should be, and what are some of the key things you'll be discussing and the, the, the main points that, that people might learn and get to discuss like we're doing here. Well, the, the, the workshop is really targeted for two key groups. And first of all, lean champions within the uh, healthcare organization mm-hmm. uh, are going to benefit because they need to understand how to effectively relate these, these concepts with the IT group and to work productively uh, with the IT team. But it's also for the IT professionals. So the best profiles that I see... I've seen a few hospitals send their CIO and three or four of their IT directors. So the leadership group is from the IT team is particularly uh, valuable to send because uh, the first day is a combination of uh, lecture and hands-on exercises. When you're doing those exercises with your coworkers, you're doing them specifically about issues. You're applying the concepts about, to issues that uh, are, are waiting for you when you return. So it's uh, particularly valuable for that group. Uh, the second day, we actually uh, start the day by going to the Gemba. And in this case, we're going to be at John C. Lincoln in Phoenix. And they've been uh, kind enough to, uh, to open up uh, their uh, their hallways, so to speak, so we can go to the Gemba, see what they're doing in Lean IT, learn from that, and then uh, do our own uh, check-adjust, meaning, so what we learned on day one, what did we see at the Gemba on day two, what's working, what would we change, and how might we adapt that to our environment when we return back to work? Mm-hmm. So what do you recommend in terms of uh, ways for, for people to get in touch with you? I feel like we've, we've just scratched the surface on the things that you're uh, so knowledgeable about and have experience with. Um, can you talk about websites, Twitter, ways people can find you online if, if they'd like to delve deeper than we were able to here? Sure, absolutely. Well, I can be reached at www.maorzen.com. That's M-A-O-R-Z-E-N.com. And uh, I'm on Twitter at Mike Orson, at Mike Orson. And uh, I'm on LinkedIn under Mike Orson as well. So it's pretty easy to find me. Uh, 
on on Twitter, I do uh, I, I tweet pretty much every day, uh, always on a topic that has to do with lean IT uh, or some some related topic uh, in in that particular area. Well, good. And I'll I'll have links to uh, all those different ways people can reach you on um, the page for this episode. But again, Mike, it's uh, it's great talking to you. I'm glad we could find. I mean, we've talked a lot, but I'm glad we could actually record it and make a podcast out of it. And um, certainly wish you um, great luck with uh, with the workshop and your collaborations with uh, the good folks at the Theta Care Center for Healthcare Value. And uh, hopefully, we can do this again sometime. Great. Hey, thanks, Mark. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.